Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as Hee Hoo. I'm Amanda. Are you Michael Jackson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Evan. This is the podcast where we're taking the, um, what are you laughing about already? He who knocks. This is the podcast where we take the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive albums. We're working one album at a time, going through the list, and we're uh, giving you the history behind it and why it was so popular. And this week we're doing Beck's Odelay. And before we get into that, hi, Evan. Hi. How are you? Eh. Tired. I'm always tired. Riveting. <laughs> you know what else is riveting? what putting bolts together on a ship great this is off to a great start rivet city's a fun place to visit in fallout 3 it's close enough sure do you have any corrections from last week no do you even know what last week was I, what was last week uh, do you well i just checked your edits today what did what was it um oh wings uh we're in a, no not we're an american band that's something else um that's grand Funk Road. band on the run um, oh i do need to show you where uh christopher lee is on that cover okay you did kind of figure it out yeah i i don't know how old some of those people were i have an idea but the christopher lee that i know is the old man from lord of the rings so the old the christopher lee that i know is is uh from Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. No. Man with the Golden Gun. Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. I mean, I know what... I, I, and some of the old horror films. I was just about yeah. to say, I know at one point he was younger. But it's like it's like Steve Martin. If you ever see a picture with him and he doesn't have white hair, it's like he, he had hair that wasn't white at one point in his life. Like, you know, but... Or Patrick Stewart with hair. It's so weird to see. So, yeah, I had no clue, but you'll have to show it to me. Um, so, should I just get into it? Sure. All right. So, this week we're doing Beck's Odelay. It was released June 18th, 1996, and is number 106 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. So, uh, Beck had hit it big with his smash hit Loser in 1994. However... Loser was about all that any had heard from him, initially passing on the rest of that album, which was Mellow Gold. That's what my question was going to be. I couldn't remember what album that was. Yeah. Then he had two albums that were complete misses. Odelay was released two years after Loser and was Beth's, Beth's, <laughs> Beck's fifth album. And it came at a time where modern rock fans were finally ready to hear the weird sounds Beck was trying to throw out. And this was, you said, 96. So this is right before Radiohead, because that's another Mm. one of the weird ones. But I'll get into this a little bit more review. Um, It's kind of around the same time as Cake. Yeah, so it's... it's, And like the ska revival... Yeah, it's, so there's it's there's like, some weird stuff going on at this time, yeah, right? And we talked about that like Matchbox Twenty was right around this time. Um, uh, like you said, we we did Radiohead, but it, it was a lot of you know 
the grunge scene was dying alternative was making its big movement in but it, it all seemed like this weird stuff at and, first appearance and so in 94 people weren't quite ready for it loser was great but they weren't ready for mellow gold as a whole and then kind of not necessarily weird but how things are shifting you have load and reload is around that time because Metallica had released all their their quote unquote good stuff in the eighties, mm-hmm. and then they changed with the Black Album, which was ninety one, ninety two in that range. I can't remember offhand which year, and then they had Load and Reload right after that. Mm-hmm. So that's mid nineties. So so there is even some of the uh, like the big name bands. I made and changed their singer. We talked about that, and they. They had a different sound to them. Metallica's starting to change their sound. So there's a lot going on how music is shifting in this time frame, too. Right, right. So um, most of the album, we're on Odalay now. Okay. Most of the album is a mixture of rock, folk, hip-hop, and soul. Beck collaborated with the Dust Brothers, who had worked with the Beach Boys, Tone Loke, and Young MC, and often incorporated many samples throughout the albums, making it impossible to determine who was actually performing on the album. All over Odalay, we can hear the accordion, acoustic guitar, distorted guitars, synth, Spanish singing, English rapping, hip-hop, classical music, Latin guitar, honky-tonk piano, fuzz guitars, as well as other distorted noises. With the Dust Brothers' help, Beck began to move away from the more mellow and melancholy songs he was workshopping and move more towards intentional pop songs. See, I might be thinking of Chemical Brothers. Because I'm thinking of like a kind of a techno thing Mm -hmm. in my head. I can't remember which one that is. Which you can hear that here. It definitely had a more mechanical sound to it than some of the other stuff that he was trying to come up with um but we'll get into it a little more but i read um he was actually homeless before he really hit it big and so he was just used to kind of getting by with whatever he can get his hands on and so he just was kind of you know experimenting and doing what he could and the dust brothers they were ready to kind of help somebody create something new in terms of like a completely different sound. So he just incorporated all of this. Yes. What? Uh, I just did a quick search. Chemical Brothers is around the same time. Uh, it's more an electronic music. Mm-hmm. So it's around the same time as Prodigy, Fatboy Slim, Crystal Method. Mm-hmm. But. As we saw with Mellow Gold, not too many people were into that, but at the same time, it wasn't targeting your mainstream audience. So they made an intentional choice to make this one have a more pop feel to it to hit that mainstream audience. That was a... Conscious decision? Yes. So, Odalay is credited for ushering in the, quote, anything goes era of alternative rock. Using samples from Grand Funk Railroad, Sly Stone, Lee Dorsey, Rare Earth, Edgar Winter, and Schubert, 
making his new offering more approachable. What? I was watching something recently of like just bizarre album covers. Mm-hmm. Rare Earth was on that list. Oh yeah. So I've I've heard that name before. So do you know who Schubert is? Composer. Franz Franz Schubert, yeah, classical composer. So you have it obviously a variety of different sounds and genres and years. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a little bit. So that's kind of what they're talking about with this anything goes area era because literally anything went here you know who they should have sampled Mm -hmm. on the anything goes period Mm -hmm. cole porter goodbye so you don't like that one that one's it's a good show we did that in high school but it's still the fact that i pulled that one out that would impress you i'm so proud of you you get a gold star now fuck off um so however this era only lasted just two years before new metal began to take over towards the end of 1998 all while this is happening we see the rise of acts like britney spears and saint christina aguilera and the backstreet boys beck had tough competition so not only was he like the weird kid of the class but he was also like you have let, let's let's put this in terms School just recently started up here, right? Okay. So let's put this in terms of school. So you have Brittany and St. Christina, Backstreet Boys. They're your jocks and the cheerleaders, the popular kids. Then you have new metal. New some new me- early, some early new metal. Like I, li- I like Edema's first album. I I do like early Limp Bizkit. But you have your new metal, which is like another click of the cool kids. That are still popular, but they they aren't part of the jocks. And then you have Beck, who's the outsider, trying to fit in. And it it was hard for him to get that hold, is yeah. essentially what's happening here. So, Devil's Haircut and New Pollution were just beginning to end. We're just beginning to end. That does not make sense. Devil's Haircut... And New Pollution were written just (laughs) beginning to end in just one day. However, I wrote How Wax. Hot Wax. Please help me. Hot Wax took close to six months to do. After coming up with the main riff that would turn into the foundation of the song, they would build and layer other sounds on top of it using different samples from Beck. He would bring in different instruments he found at thrift stores and even walkie-talkies to create different sounds. Mike Simpson of the Dust Brothers noted that, quote, With Beck, it was like you couldn't throw something too crazy at him. He'd push us. He was like, what can we do to this song to make it more fucked up? And I don't think so far that that's the weirdest thing we've heard on a record that's on this list. Because we had the sugar packets. Right. But, and that was with Aerosmith. Yes. But and the thimbles from uh, Queen. So, Dust Brothers, they like to use samples in their songs, but what they were doing was using samples, like cuts of other songs, and just picking that piece and putting it in this song. What Beck was doing was playing that sample himself. So, okay. Let's take let's take 
the collaboration Aerosmith, since we just mentioned them, and Run DMCA Walk This Way. Okay. Okay. So let's say we want to sample the Steven Tyler singing Walk This Way chorus okay. in another song. What the Dust Brothers had done at this point was cut that piece out of the record, and what Beck was doing was actually singing it again. Yes. Okay. So it was basically, instead of using the original sample, he was covering the sample and recording it himself. Okay. Yeah. So, but on top of that, he's like, this makes sound. Let's use it. So it, just a very, a wide variety of things. But I thought that was an interesting thing. He's like, what can we do to make it even more fucked up? Like, that's my goal. I want to fuck things up. So although his fan base from the success of Loser was small, Beck's goal was not to alienate them with Odelay. So to accomplish this, he created a bridge between Loser and where it's at in order to connect the two. So they have kind of a similar vibe. That way he was bringing the fans of Loser and the ones that did like Mellow Gold, he could connect them, he could bring them into Odelay through where it's at. And okay. that way they had kind of a, a tra- easy transition because he didn't want to lose fans, but at the same time he wanted to gain a lot of others. Okay, so I was trying to remember all, where in the list. Okay, so that's kind of in the middle of the album. Mm-hmm. Not that that has any difference on anything, but okay. No. So fun fact, for Odelay, Beck played most of the instruments himself. Another fun fact... In Spins Magazine's 20 Years of Alternative Music Edition, Beck was referred to as, quote, a generation's consolation prize after the death of Kurt Cobain. The Pitchfork article I found called him a, quote, cheese whiz rhyming full cop clown who treated death as just another convention to flout. So he's the alternative version of Prince. Yeah. Critics didn't like him. They, I guess they thought he was the weird kid. You know, they just, they couldn't find anything nice to say about him. This kind of changed that. And here's my last fun fact. This one is about technology, and it made me laugh. This At, was recorded on floppy drives. Pretty close. At the time, the Dust Brothers were using a very early version of Pro Tools to record with Beck in their home studio. So at that time, again, this is the 90s, the mid-90s, their computer would take 30 minutes after each take in order to compile the track data. Often this information would be lost and they would have to re-record. So they would record something and then it would take like a whole half hour for it to sit and think and save it. And sometimes the computer would be like, does not compute, cannot compute, and they'd be fucked and have to do the whole thing over again. Well, it's just like how long the uh, old Toy Story used to take to render. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember. I think it took a couple days to render that movie Mm -hmm. or parts of it. I remember that at one point. I mean, you know, the 90s were just 10 years ago, so it's amazing how far we've come in just 10 years. Yeah, it was the late 1900s. (laughs) In all seriousness, so, you know, we are recording this on our laptop sitting here. Do we have the latest and greatest versions of, of everything? Absolutely not. I put my foot down and I will not let you buy brand spanking new microphones with a pop screen and like the, yeah, the pop, pop, pop filter. And we don't have 
we don't have a good laptop that has a camera that we can zoom or do anything with. And I'm saying no to that because this is something we do for fun. This is not how we make money. And we are still able to sit here and record for an hour and a half, usually when we do these, and you hit save. And for the most part, most of the time, five minutes later, you're, you've got everything cleaned up. So it's, it's a, it's amazing to see how technology, how far technology has come, but in 10 years, I also think about my nieces who have never known what it was like to sit and make sure nobody was on the phone when you wanted to get on the internet and you hear the the dial-up tone to get on and then welcome to America online you have mail you know I think it's you've got mail whatever Mandela if you're gonna be old be old the right way <laughs> well, I can't remember shit because I'm old so I just thought that was really funny that it just they they added that bit so you got anything to add or, or ask before I move on? No. Okay. I don't think so. So I'm going to move on. So up until Odalay, critics were shitting all over Beck. Like I said, he's the weird kid. And critics Which were... makes sense. I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot before this. Like, I know Loser... And I know this album, and I can imagine that if this is what the earlier work kind of sounded like, mm-hmm. then yes, I can. If it, if this album had been released ten years later, right, or if he had if he had come on the scene in the early two thousands, right, it would have been a lot different. So, like I said, up until this point, critics shit weird kid. Odalay immediately received praise from the critics, which ultimately helped fans reach out to Beck. The album won the top spot in the Village Voices annual Paz and Jop. That is not a typo. Paz and Jop critics poll at the end of 96 and won the Grammy for Best Alternative Album in 97. Peaking at number 16 on the Billboard 200 in the U.S., Odalay became the first big hit for Beck in the U.K., peaking at number 17. It went on to sell over 2 million copies, making it Beck's most successful record to date. Odalay is credited with redefining the 90s alternative music landscape and paving the way for other artists to popularize what's known as DIY sampling. So instead of adding in the pre-recorded sample, the artist covers the samples themselves. So the singles released were Where It's At, Devil's Haircut, the New Pollution, and Jackass. All four songs charted on the Modern Rock and Hot One Hunger... Hot One Hunger? <laughs> Hot 100 singles chart in North America. And here's my last note. I'm kind of surprised that... Well, one, it was released as a single, but two, that Jackass would chart based on the title. Well... It... So, as we've talked about, you have, like, the, I don't know the official names of the the Billboard charts, but there's, like, a, a rap and, a, like, a hip-hop yeah. and R&B. And so, it, it charted on the modern rock. And I think, I want to say Hot 100 singles are... No, that, it, it's, it, it's more that there wasn't more pushback from from the title 
Yeah. When was the Jackass show? That was late 90s. That was like uh, 98 to 2002 in that range. Mm -hmm. I think the first movie came out in 2002. And it could have been like, I, I don't know the date it was released, but it could have been Jackass was released as a single in 97. So I don't, I don't know. Jackass, the TV show was 2000, apparently. Oh, really? The first movie was 2002. Because I remember uh, I was at a, a friend's house in grade school and we were watching it. Late grade school, early middle school. That explains so much with you. No, what explains so much with me is that I grew up watching Ren and Stimpy. That was my childhood cartoon. I watched that and Courage the Cowardly Dog. And cat dog. There is so much wrong with And you. angry beavers. Are you done? Those are all good shows. I want to watch all those again. Are you done? Do you, I have one more thing no, to say. Not. On cat dog. Do you know who does the voice of dog? Uh-uh. SpongeBob. Oh, really? And now that you see it, we'll watch a clip and you're like, yep, I can hear it. Uh-huh. Um, so my last note is a fun fact. The music video for Jackass... Features a cameo from Willie Nelson, which adds to the feel of folk music. You're kind of like looking at like that doesn't well, seem right. He was he was probably on enough pot that he didn't really know where he was. Hmm? He just kind of wandered onto the set, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to kick you out, so we want to be in the you want to be in the video." Mm-hmm. All right, so thank you to Odalay Deluxe Edition by Ryan Domball, published January 29th, 2008, on Pitchfork.com. Thank you to Bex. Odalay is still a potent stew of rock, hip-hop, folk, and soul 25 years later by Chris Connaughton, published June 18th, 2021 on popmatters.com. Thank you to Classic Album Revisited, Beck, Odalay, 20 Years On by Lori Gava, published July 6th, 2016 by xsnoise.com. Thank you to Beck Reflects on Landmark 1996 studio album Odalay by Jason Scott, published two years ago on americansongwriter.com thank you to number 424 beck odalay 1996 by brett sweets published november 9th to 2021 on metal hammer RS- i think that's the I think that's the site that i use for rs500albums.com thank you to 25 years on there's still nothing like beck's odalay by tyler golson published june 18th 2021 on faroutmagazine.co.uk Thank you to The Making of Beck's Odalay, Dust Brother Mike Simpson's Track-by-Track Guide by Roy Spencer, published March 18th, 2011 on MusicRadar.com. And thank you to Landmark Productions, Beck Odalay by Music Tech Staff on November 27th, 2014 on MusicTech.com. All right, Evan, it's time for you to give me your review. It's time for me to actually do something and not just kind of sit here? Yes. Okay. So... Like I said earlier, I'm not overly familiar with his work. I know Loser, and I think it's Girl? I don't know. It's off of Guero? I know the I know the cover. It's got a circle on it, and I think his name's in the circle. Okay. I think it was like early 2000s. That's really all I'm familiar with. It's real descriptive. You'll know it if you see it. So... I kind of had an idea of what to expect. Uh, this is, 
I've realized that this is going to be a common theme in the month of September with what you've picked. Well, with with what we're doing off of this big list and some of these Tuesday albums uh-huh. is that it's fine. You know, I don't have a problem with it. It's just not something that I'm going to take anything off of and listen to it repeatedly. Like this, Beck is fine. You know, I don't have a problem with Beck. I like Beck and Cake, to me, kind of are in the same grouping. I think I would prefer to listen to Cake over Beck. Just because there's more of Cake's catalog that I've heard that I that I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing off of here stands out that I want to listen to again. But there's stuff in Beck's catalog that I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. So... This album is a miss, but the artist isn't necessarily a miss. Okay. And, and it's, like I said, I know I've seen our board, and there are a couple others that I'm like, that artist is okay. This album is hit or miss. You know, this album doesn't stand out, but some of their other work does. You know, there's there's stuff like that coming up. But that's that you're going to get that with a lot of artists. And especially with me, where it is, there's an artist where I want to like, okay, like uh, Iron Maiden, people love uh, Somewhere in Time. There are a few songs off of it that I like, but I like the rest of their catalog better. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people like Metallica's Black Album and uh, Justice for All and Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets. I like stuff from other places. I like that as well. But there's more stuff that's outside of that that I'm going to be drawn to. So that's the same kind of thing here where it's fine. I don't mind listening to it. It's just I think I'm going to explore other albums and be like, okay, I'm going to pull this one off instead. So a B for Beck. B for Beck. Well, B minus. Okay. But now that you mention it, we should do cake. Um I, and I know this is a little bit of a tangent that has nothing to do with Beck, but I know some of their stuff. I mean, obviously, but... I would probably say Fashion Nugget. I mm-hmm. think that's the one with The Distance. Mm-hmm. There's there's two that I know. You know The Distance and... Uh, well, no, there's oh. two albums that I know. There's Fashion Nugget and there's another one. I just had their... While you were talking about it, I'm like, I know this. Um... Comfort Eagle? That one has short skirt, long jacket. No, earlier. Um, I'm looking at... uh, Okay. Motorcade of Generosity. Pressure Chief. um, Prolonging the Magic. That one. Prolonging the Magic and Fashion Nugget. Those are two I know. Because Fashion Nugget's the one with the crown. I think um, the other one is the one with the pig on it. Yep. Yep. Those are two I know. Yep. But we should do them for our reviews days. It'd be interesting to listen to that and listen to a different Beck album and see if they kind of mm-hmm. go on. Because yeah. it, it, it's, this is cake mixed with Beastie Boys. I can see that. that. That's what I was getting from this vibe. And both of those are okay on their own, but I don't think they mesh well together. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I kept nothing. You kept nothing? All right, my turn, and yep. you still gave it a B for Beck? B minus. B minus. 
So I wasn't really familiar with Beck before this. Like you said, I, of course, knew Loser and where it's at, but I was pretty sure that was it. Yeah, I didn't even know that one. Mm-hmm. Um, these songs are good, but I've never really given much thought to them or to Beck before, so I was looking forward to listening to this one. Um, I was honestly surprised by how good it was. Yes, I like alternative music, but at the time, I was much more into Britney and Sync and in sync to even notice this. I've always known Beck's music was a bit on the weird side, but I don't think that's the case now. I didn't think that there was anything weird about listening to it now, but I can see, compared to everything else that was coming out at the time, how people would have been a little put off by its quote-unquote weirdness. But it's really so good. I kept everything but Computer Rock, and I gave it an A+. Computer Rock's the bonus track. See, I thought it's like 45 seconds. Yeah. I thought there was enough of a beat on that 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 could have been expanded into something interesting and it might have in later albums like ghost is one um we've talked about this before on their album prequel they one of the songs there turned into something on another album like it's got the same feels or it was i don't remember but so he could have taken computer rock and expanded it on a later one so any final thoughts from you sir not for this one. So, Odelay is so good, and it's one I'm legit angry about not having listened to before now. However, I'm a bit hesitant to say that I want to check out the rest of his stuff. Odelay is supposed to be his best work, so I'm afraid I might be a bit disappointed with the rest of his catalog. As I write this, so two weeks ago when I did the notes... I'm going back and forth between listening to the rest of his stuff and just leaving it here so I don't get let down. You might have to pick another one for his for reviews days. Because this one, I mean, it was so good, I would, but nothing made me want to go beyond this. I would probably pick Guero because that's the experience that I have. And I know there's a song off of there that I like. Mm-hmm. So, but that is Beck. Now on to Evan's birthdays. Oh, before we get started, I have I have a story for you. Hmm. So we have a new whiteboard system at work. It has like the uh, and there this is this is important background information. It's got like what we have to do for the day, like our numbers and all that and mm-hmm. anything going on. Like we had food for us today. So that's on the board. We have meeting we have a meeting it that's written on the board is like what time the meeting is and all that so there's a there's a question on the board and it was what do you call a fish with a bow tie what sophisticated who wrote that i don't know but i walked past i was like huh that's uh it's definitely interesting so anyways sophisticated my niece would like that joke you know who else would like that joke? Mm. Whoever wrote it on the board. So are you ready for yes. birthdays and all that? Okay, so September 8th. Jimmy Rogers. Singer, songwriter, the first country music star. Sold over 12 million records and was the first person to be elected into the Country Music Hall of Fame. I can give you when he died if that would help you. Yes. 1933. It's when he died. 1874. 
1897. Oh my god, he was not very old. No. This is an interesting one because I didn't realize he was a musician as well. Peter Sellers. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Uh, yes, but who? Pink Panther. Pink Panther, okay. I believe he was also in Doctor Strangelove. Alright. Are we in 18s or 19s now? We're in 19s. Uh, 1921. 25. Patsy Cline. Country music singer. She died in a plane crash. Yes. Um, uh, years after her death... She became the first female solo artist inducted to the Country Music Hall of Fame. You said the last one was 27? 25. 25. Okay, 1927. 32. Okay. Sal Spampanato from the Bo Brummels. 1965, U.S. number 8 single, Just a Little. Uh, 1936. 42. Hey, here's another member of the 27 Club, okay? Okay. Ron McKernan, organ and one of the founding members of Grateful Dead. 44. Other than the, unlike the other members, he avoided psychedelic drugs, preferring to drink alcohol. Uh, what'd you say? 44. 45. I mean, fucked up shit still happens when you drink too much i mean i ran outside and made a snow angel in my bare feet and a t-shirt because i had drank too much one night i mean i don't see anything wrong with that amy mann u.s singer songwriter member of till tuesday and a solo 1993 album whatever that does not give you any information at all no it does not but i recognize the name for whatever reason. 1952. 1960. You want to do a couple more? Sure. Alicia Moore. 2001 UK number two single, Get the Party Started. Yes, yeah, pink. Yep. 1979. 79. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Jabril Thomas, American rapper and singer-songwriter, scored the 2014 U.S. number one album Black Hollywood and his 2015 single See You Again spent 12 non-consecutive weeks atop the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and was at number one in seven other countries. Would you like his other name that you know him better by? I can hear it because that See You Again song is the song they use in the one Fast and Furious movie after Paul Walker died. Yep, from the soundtrack of the 2015 film Furious 7 as a tribute to Paul Walker. Who is it? Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. Um, 82. 87. Oh, fuck! Tim Bergling, a Swedish DJ, remixer, and record producer. Uh, his biggest single was 2013's Wake Me Up. Died in 2018. You might know it better as Avicii. Yeah, I know that song. Uh, 90. 89. So we'll do one more, okay? Uh, American musician and drummer Jay Weinberg. He's the son of American drummer Max Weinberg from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Do you have any guess as to, based on... The type of music that his dad played. Would you have a guess as to what band he was in? Something probably not even close to Bruce Springsteen music. 
He is the drummer for Slipknot. <laughs> yeah. Um, 94. 90. So we'll just get to the in this day. Yeah. Okay. September 8th, 1968. This band, I'm not even going to try and pronounce where they were, but they appeared at this concert in Denmark, supported by the Beatniks and the Ladybirds, who were an all-girl topless go-go dancing outfit. And this was their third ever gig. Okay. Do you have any guesses as to who it was? No. Led Zeppelin. Okay. That should be your answer for everything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 1968 as well. The Beatles were seen performing this song on the UK television show Frost on Sunday in, fri- in front of an invited audience. The song was the first single from their new record label. Uh, at the time, the longest single ever to top the British charts. It also spent nine weeks at number one in the U.S., the longest run at the top of the American charts for a Beatles single. What's the song? I don't know. Hey Jude. Okay. Uh, 1973, Marvin Gaye started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Let's Get It On. His second U.S. number one, how high did it get in the U.K.? Two. 31. Oh, really? Hey, here's an interesting one. 1977. Guitarist Jimmy McCulloch left Wings to help reform Small Faces. Uh, McCulloch had played with Paul, McCart- with Paul McCartney Band on the Venus and Mars and Wings at the Speed of Sound albums, as well as on the Wings Over America tour. Okay. Uh, did not quite join the 27 Club. He was 26 when he died two years later. Uh, 1979, Led Zeppelin scored their eighth UK number one album when In Through the Outdoor went to the top of the charts for two weeks. It was their eighth album, their eighth number one, and it was their final album of entirely new material. 1997, Led Zeppelin released Whole Lot of Love, which was their first ever single in the UK. The track recorded in 1969 and featured on the band's second album was issued to promote their reissued back catalog so they had never released an, a single in the uk during their big run huh because i i was sitting here thinking about like he said 97 no he didn't that wasn't right because that song came out way before that but no he said 97 like that's so weird that they never released yeah. anything over there that's a home September 8th, 2002. This singer started his new job as an airline pilot. And he continues to fly the band to this day. Do you have any guesses? We've talked about this before. Who is it? Bruce Dickinson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's a... I've seen in interviews where there's a certain amount of time between shows that he can fly that he has to he has to wait x amount of time between Mm -hmm. jobs and that's an interesting one i'll have to see if i can find that for you in 2005 a charity album featuring some of the biggest bands in the uk was thought to be the fastest ever produced so i'm gonna give you a couple names that i know uh coldplay radiohead kaiser chiefs which i know for whatever reason block party and gorillas 
were among those who recorded tracks for Help, A Day in the Life. The whole 22 album track... Okay, so they recorded the album. The whole 22 track album was made available for download the following day. And you want to talk about things that... The 90s were just 10 years ago. This was also just 10 years ago, but really it was 12. Uh, September 8th, 2011, jury selection began for the involuntary manslaughter of Conrad Murray. Do you know who that was, is... I think he's still alive. Mm-mm. Michael Jackson's doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a that was a thing. So that was all I had. That's for today. That is one of those things. Um, I remember where we were when we found out he had died, and I don't know why that sticks with me. There was, there was. Uh, so you know the the bottom scrolling. Mm-hmm. on the news there was something in the bottom scrolling that they probably should not have put it was it was just it was just weird the way they wrote it it was uh and i i will remember to this day seeing it on there and thinking well that's a that's probably could have been worded better what was it said he touched a lot of people in a lot of ways oh that that's the one thing i remember and i remember where i was when i saw that on tv i was like Probably could have worded that better. But anyways. All right. So moving on. Do you have any recommendations? Yes, kind of. So I haven't spent a whole lot of time with it yet. That's coming tomorrow. But Starfield came out on Wednesday. So I've put, I haven't really gotten that far into it. I've only put maybe between four and six hours in that range into it but from what i can tell so far i like the rest of bethesda stuff so i was looking forward to this months ago yeah you've been talking about it for a while so now that i've gotten some time i couldn't take any time to actually sit down yet but i know that with the weekend coming up i'll be able to hold myself up and i won't get through it even doing a bare bones run i won't get through it for another couple weeks so we will revisit this in about a month or so, but I just wanted to touch on that since that came out this week. Do you have any? Not really. Um, this week, uh, normally I try to think of something that's obs- not necessarily obscure, but like not music related, just to kind of like, this is what I'm into right now, or this is what, what we're watching, this is what we just did. I don't really have anything. Um, I f- I'm finally watching brand new Cherry Flavor. I don't know if you'd recommend that, though. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I do have two episodes left. Um, that you're hoping that you can get through soon. I mean, wow. it's not terrible. It's very weird. But I watched better stuff. So, you probably know. also watched worse stuff. Yeah. And we had a very interesting weekend, so I didn't get a lot done other than, like, attending to the kids that stayed over and, you know, entertaining them and doing the basic chores that need to be the done. Basic the basic human stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just I don't really have any... I apologize. You're I not forgiven. 
I pulled an Evan and I didn't do what the <laughs> you didn't do I was anything. supposed to do. <laughs> um, so should I just get into the socials and head on out? Yeah, that's fine. So thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Worst Pod on Mars and Threads on Worst Pod on Mars and Facebook at Worst Podcast on Mars. Um, give us a rating. Give us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, Five-star reviews I'll read here on the podcast. Um, send us an email and let us know what we should listen to because on Tuesdays we do small episodes where I give you a couple facts of an album and then we, we talk about it and do reviews and it's stuff that we're we're staying off of this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list to do, which is, you know, Cake is not on this list, so that would be a good one to do for reviews days. Um, but come back next week where we're going to do Def Leppard's Hysteria. Bye-bye.